Hi, welcome to Unscripted by Twine. I'm Diana Rao, and I'm your host. In this podcast, my guests choose from a library of deep and thought-provoking questions, and we just talk about it for 15 or 20 minutes. Our hypothesis is that as long as we choose meaningful questions, we'll end up in a conversation worth having. As Carl Sagan says, we make our world significant by the courage of our questions and the depth of our answers. Ready? Let's go. I'm so excited to have my friend Monica here. Hi, Monica. Hey, Diana. All right. It's good. It's good. And I, um, and I haven't primed you at all. So we're just going to dive straight into this conversation with no further ado. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Unscripted. Uh, You can do no wrong. So, all right. So let's just start. You, you picked like three amazing questions and I know our conversation could go anywhere, but let's just start with the first one, which I find so interesting. Like what bad habits do you want to break? Okay. So, I mean, this is not profound. I mean, I complain about this probably on the daily, but I'm not doing anything about this. Um, my snacking, it's gotten so out of control. My snacking is so out of control. I'm trying to tone down my, 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 my my swearing as well. And I'm doing very well. (laughs) So it's just the snacking that I think is it's it's like I I feel like the answer is disappointing because it's like it's like such a problem, but I'm mindlessly eating, and I it's I'm trying to figure out where it comes. So, you know, like, are you bored? Are you stressed? You know, you start to think about all these things, and then I'm like, oh, I'm in the middle of eating. I'm like, this is stressing me out even thinking about this, and I go back. For <laughs> it like kind of spirals. Okay. Yeah. Wait, let me ask you. So, I mean, what have you tried? in terms of tactics, tools to stop? Because actually, you're not the first person who's told me you have a snacking problem. Surprise, I was going like, to say, in terms actually, of snacking. I had a snacking problem too. And from time to time, my snacking problem comes back. I think a lot of people might have the snacking problem. So what, are you, what have you been doing? To, like, what have you been trying to do to break it? And when did this start, the snacking problem? That's so funny. They're going to be like, what, what, like what, are you, what are you trying to do? I'm like, well, like trying to eat more snacks, like trying to pick out snacks. Uh, no, I mean, so like, I think it's because... I th- well, it's partly because um, I'm, I've, I ha- I've created the habit that I have to break, right? So you, you, you spend some time creating this wonderful habit that <clears throat> has to be broken. But it's also because I'm, tra- I'm, tra- I'm work- exercising more. I like to say training. It makes me sound really professional. I also was listening to some prior <laughs> um, unscripted episodes and wow just like wow I'm like I did like 25 crunches today I'm like listen um I think I deserve this half a bag of almonds like I think that I do <laughs> they're not necessarily bad snacks but they're just a large quantity and just a lot like all the time and I don't know if my body is like please stop feeding me or like it's like all almost borderline between insatiable. So I don't know. So I'm think I'm trying to be more intuitive, you know, intuitive eating. That's like a new trend that's out there. Wait, wait, um, what, what is intuitive eating? Oh, you, you have, <laughs> I have not heard about this. You've trend. not heard this. I it's all over the, it. it's all over the Instagram. It's all over the Instagram. <laughs> the, the, um, it's about like being mind practicing, I think practicing mindfulness, mindful eating. So like, listening to your body cues and be, you know, being in your body because your mind can tell you one thing and your body can be doing another thing. And it's creating that connect between, um, 
this is how I see it. I mean, I'm not an, there are intuitive eating coaches apparently now as well. I'm not uh, one of them, but from things that I've read, (laughs) that's what I understand of it. So I'm trying really hard to be like, are you hungry? And it's like, you know, are you, are you hungry? Do you really want this? And I've read, you know, I read a lot of things also like drink water. I drink a lot of tea. I drink a lot of water. That's not the issue. So I think it's just, um, a question of getting the right nutrients. So maybe, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning more for like crunchy, salty things, you know, uh, and sometimes sweet. And so I'm like, all right, so maybe it's like glycogen. I mean, also not a doctor, not a nutritionist. I'm you know, read things on the internet and you know how that goes. Like, you know, you really shouldn't do that. So I'm one of those people. That <laughs> I'll have what, an ailment, can I ask so you? I'm I mean, Google it. Go this, this might be indulging your bad habit, but what are you, can you tell me what your favorite snacks are? Oh my gosh. I don't know if I have a favorite snack. That's such a hard <laughs> question. That's such a hard question. What, like, what am I, nor- all right. So here they, this sounds like such a lame snack too. I wish I had something cool. <laughs> I've been eating um, dried like apple chips. Like it's just apple Mm-hmm. Slices that are, mm-hmm. and they're so you delicious. Them yourself, or are they from a bag? I've tried to make them myself, and they just like I don't know. I don't know if this is real, like you know, on the packaging. They're like just apple, mm-hmm, because I try to make just apple, and it's burnt. It's just mm-hmm. I, I do it wrong every time. But I bought so many little. They come in these little individual packs here, and I bought so many the other day. And the lady behind me at the line was like, "Oh, those must be <laughs> those must be good." You're buying. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yep. And I'm like, oh, well, if you didn't have such a big snacking problem, then maybe she wouldn't have made that comment. So you know, I didn't want to like, like snack. <laughs> is this really a snacking problem, or is it just like a? Because you better sound like you're, you. You've mentioned that you snack on apples. Okay, well, wait. Snack on then I didn't almonds. get to like. Then I'll have like, uh, like, co- like cookies. You know, like I'll have, like, I'll have stuff that's not good, but like I try the, the, the last two week trend has been just large quantities of, of, you know, like healthy ish snacks, but just a lot of them, you know, like it's, it's everything in moderation. Yeah, like you shouldn't eat nine apples a day. I'm not, that's not, <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. Ugh. Ugh. I haven't gotten there what, yet, but. What percent? Like, can you tell me this? I'm curious, what percentage of your mind do you think you spend thinking about food? I'm always curious about this question. Oh, wow. That's interesting. And I have a question to back that up. I wrote it down because mm. when I picked this question, I knew the answer to it. <laughs> right away. Um, I don't, I like what, like if I'm thinking like, when's the next time I'm going to eat? Uh, not like often. I think this is why I think it's like a mindless kind of a thing where I'm bored or I'm stressed and like, that's my comfort is to is to like you know I nurture myself with something tasty you know Mm -hmm. yeah I think there's this um there's this like I've thought about how there's background noise in your life sometimes or Mm -hmm. background noise in your mind so let's say you have 100 percent of your brain capacity and then there's a percentage that's set on like background noise crap and that background noise could be anything from thinking about body image or like am I you know am I working out enough and all these things so like it's static like it's unnecessary static and part of that unnecessary static can be at least in my experience like food and not like when am I going to eat but like 
I want a snack. No, I shouldn't get a snack. Oh, now I feel guilty because I ate the snack. That static noise in your mind, I'm just curious what percentage of your energy you think it would take up. And it's probably hard to gauge, but I was curious. Yeah, I mean, okay. So then maybe it's it's probably more than half. It's, it's I mean, it's probably like, I'd say around 60. That's a pretty decent percentage if I had to. But like, I, I don't spend the whole day going like, oh, you know, I think it's like when I'm actually... And it's, I try to do intermittent fasting also. Yes. Yeah. So once the clock starts with my eating window, I'm like, okay. You know, so, and then I'm like, maybe I should be doing intermittent fasting because I'm like, okay, well, like, free for all, let it in. So, you know, there's lots of things to consider. But I like the intermittent fasting. So it's like a really big, uh, you know, but wait, yeah. jumping off from that question. I, I posed this question to my husband years ago because I used to be really big into like music. Like I used to not be mm-hmm. as much of a foodie as I am now because I like, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate good food as do most people. Um, if you had to choose, like if you had to live off of, like you could fully live off of one or the other, would it be food or music? And I originally, years ago, answered, my answer was music, and it's now changed to food. Mm. Probably why I snack so much, but. Mm. Mm. Like, so you can't, you can't have the other. So, like, you can only have music or food. Yeah, and it's so hard to imagine your life without music. Well, music, I mean, music is a a language. It's a language for so many, right? Like, it's. yeah. It's hard. I don't know. I really love food. I really love food, but music is a different spiritual level of engagement. I know. That's tough. That's I a know. really good question. That's a really tough one. I know. Um, side, side note, have you ever, um, oh, actually, before I go on to my side note, which is really, maybe that's a completely different episode. Um, I was going to say this sort of, this question that you pose, like, it's not that you say this answer is really, quote, trivial or, or whatever, but it's actually not because thinking about you've seen the stats going up around coronavirus how people are working from home more and there's so many like how to work remotely what to look out when you're working remote and one of the things that happens when you're working remotely is you have access to your kitchen all day long and so i've actually heard this from like lots of friends who work remote like oh my god my snacking's out of control and so it's like i'm actually curious what's going to happen when mass populations of people who've never worked remote before are suddenly suddenly working remote from home and what happens to their eating habits and it seems trivial, but it's actually not trivial because how you feel about your body and that guilt complex, like you said, 60%. Like imagine if you, could have, if you could have that entire chunk of your brain back to like do creative work versus like think about whether or not it's a good thing to eat the next almond. It's just like, it's, it's such static noise, you know? Yeah, that's so true. I never thought of it that way. That's interesting. But also I feel like the, the rise of like at home treadmill desks or whatever those contraptions are is going to, you know, <laughs> the sale of those is going to skyrocket when that happens. Cause I do, I work remotely. And it's funny because when I am in the office, it's such a different <clears throat> lifestyle. It's such, I mean, it's, it's more like I fuel myself on, on coffee or caffeine or, I mean, I can go the whole day without eating anything. And here I'm like, mm-hmm. la la la. Mm, pineapple sounds good. Mm, tropical. <laughs> you know. Oh my god. 
Yeah, no, I know. I think it's going to be, well, if anyone listening has actually any comments about how they've eaten their snacks and how they, it's, I've literally had this conversation with most of the people before. So it's, it's not, this isn't unusual. Flash, it's also not trivial. I mean, like, so about so much of our minds. It's interesting. Yeah, right? it's become yeah. a complaint now. And then it's kind of like, stop complaining and start doing something about it. You know, like, so stop, mm. so stop snacking, you know? <laughs> like, so stop, mm-hmm. like, do or make some sort of move to, to like lessen, you know, just start. I guess is the best. Yeah. Well, let's do the opposite side. I want to hear about um, maybe like a habit that you've put into place in your life that you're really proud of, like a pretty big change that wasn't necessarily easy to make, Um, like a bad habit that you were able to break. Is there one that comes to mind? Okay. So, okay. So um, uh, breaking the habit, no, but I started a yoga challenge, which, um, which I'm I think 40, almost 45 days into a 90 day. So every single day to do yoga, which like, I was like, oh yeah, I could do that. And I think it's, so the habit of the habit that I was breaking was, I guess, making excuses, right? Making an excuse Mm. or not making the time um, to do something that I know is good. I know that I like, and I know that is going to help me you know, uh, be better in general. So, um, because the, you know, you have a routine during the week and your weekend, you know, depending on how your week is laid out, your, you know, your professional life and personal life, um, or you have events that pop up, you change your routine. So, so I was like, well, all right, like, you know, I could do this, you know, whatever. But then something happens where you're out of the house all day, and I don't know, and then you get invited to go for like drinks or, or to eat with someone. And then all of a sudden you're home and it's like 10 o'clock and you're like, oh, well, I didn't do my yoga. I'm so tired. I'm not going to do it. But I'm in this challenge now. And I have that mindset where like, you are doing this, like you have to do it. So it'll be, you know, 1030 at night. And I'm like, I got to do my, like my now 35 minutes of, of whatever practice, because like I'm dedicated to this challenge. And so I guess that was the habit that I broke that I'm really enjoying it also too, because, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, it's, it's good. It's, you know, I'm an advocate for, for as I know is that it, you love yoga as well. Yeah. I love yoga. Is it part of your spiritual practice? I mean, do you have a spiritual practice? Um, yes. So I was, um, well, okay. So part of this, the, the swearing, reducing the swearing is part of my Lenten journey. So, um, born and raised Catholic. And so, uh, you know, I'm not the best, but the best Catholic out there, but, uh, you know, it's my, it's part of my, um, my Lenten journey to reduce that. So, but yeah, Mm. I, I go into, I try to go to church every now and then again, to be a better Catholic, there's always room for that, but, um, and also, and spirituality in general, I, uh, I grew up, my, my family is also uh, fairly religious, uh, but, but spirituality is pretty important to me, which is interesting because I married an atheist. So that's quite interesting, our little dynamic here. But how does um, that work? It does work because he's, I'm not pushy in the sense where it's like, you should go to church. And you should do this. And he's not in the sense of, you know, like you should 
we're not shitting each other or uh, <laughs> shitting sounds sounds inappropriate, but it's not. <laughs> um, we're not shitting each other, but uh, he, you know, he it, it's supportive, so it works. And he's mm-hmm. all he's he's very he's very smart and very um, and and very interesting to talk to, and he knows a lot. He, you know. He knows a lot of philosophical arguments and scientific and also religious. Like one of his favorite things to do when we travel is to go into religious monuments. So, you know, Mm. mosques, synagogues, cathedrals, and he just absorbs it and appreciates it all. And I, I mean, me too, but you know, yeah, irony in that, you know, he's just like, well, I just think it's really beautiful. And then, you know, he'll make a comment of, uh, but like, look at all the money that they spent on doing X, Y, Z, you know? So it's true. Though. Can you, okay. So I have so many questions about religion I, and no. I have so many questions. Um, so for, on, on the subject of Catholicism, can we dig a little bit deeper? Cause I have like yeah. immediately two questions that pop in mind. One is, um, uh, oh gosh, for people who aren't religious, what do you think is a practice or something amazing that you've learned from let's call it practicing Catholicism that maybe even your atheist husband thinks like this is an amazing part of this religion or something that someone because I'm always like curious about what people like is there a, is there a way to extrapolate God from being a good person like can you basically take all of the moral foundations of religion and just be like okay but we're not going to talk about god and jesus christ it's going to be around like moral foundations and like life practices and being a better human so i'm just i'm just curious like what would you say to somebody who isn't religious at all and doesn't believe in god but what could they take away from catholicism wow that is so profound and deep i wasn't ready for that diana um hold on so i know and we were prefaced that this was this talk was going to go there um okay so i think so all right Going from yoga back to Catholicism, I think of, of the, the practice of prayer. And so prayer essentially is like you having this internal conversation in a sense or communication. Um, whereas it, in yoga, you have your, your, your meditation um and your um oh my gosh help me out here help me out here your um sense of presence yes but um, your what's the, ch- the not the chance the, the give, give give me the word there i'm thinking of like the sanskrit but i'm 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 blanking oh but, but, yeah do you know what i'm I saying what you're talking about yeah, yeah and so the own yeah yes and so when you're, it's the repetition of it. And, and that's yeah. like the meditative part of it. And the, and I, you think about you know, relating that to Catholicism, the rosary, the rosary is just, when, when mm. they pray the rosary, it's going from one bead over and over and over and over and over and saying the same prayer over and over and over as a meditative practice. So mm. a lot of it, I think has to do with like, even though Catholicism, I mean, this is like, this, this is, this is an insane question. I mean, we could spiral in so many different directions here and I'm probably 
<laughs> the last person <laughs> to talk about it, but um, <laughs> but uh, wow. Okay, but hold on. Where was I going with that? Meditation, being in your body, being present. Um, okay, so awareness. This is where I was going. Awareness, and I think awareness has a lot to do with you know your moral compass, right? Because like you. You have to be aware of what, you know, what you're doing, what decisions that you're making. That doesn't necessarily mean, though, that you have a good moral compass. At least you have one. How, how does, uh, how, sorry, how does, how in Catholicism, like, how do you, so I'm very aware of sort of the practice of mindfulness and awareness building within Buddhism and also within, like, yoga and sort of uh, more secular practices. Um, how do you, how do you build that awareness, like self-awareness? What are the practices of self-awareness, like the rituals for building self-awareness within Catholicism? Ooh, within Catholicism. Hmm. Um, well, I think that from what from what I recall in my in my studies, in my my youth, uh, it was about having that that building that relationship with God. It was about, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and confiding in and trusting in God and having faith. Having faith is, is I think, the, 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 the pillar of it all and, and being a, in, investing in, in faith. But, oh my gosh, my mom, if she hears this, she's going to be so disappointed. She's like, what do you mean? Oh. <laughs> we can cut this part out. <laughs> we'll get off this subject for now. I give you a wild card. This is not on any, not on your list of any questions you chose. We just God, sort of. I was gonna. I, just, I was know. gonna say, Diana, can you um, can you edit out the ums and the likes? I really want to sound professionally. I'm gonna. You edit. You know. I don't want my like, my ex high school teachers to be like shaking their. I already see it shaking their heads like, oh, look at you moved abroad and look what happened to you that is so interesting wow. all right that's a whole different thing that is it a is. whole different thing okay um so we i know we're let me just double check time so we've got five more minutes ish oh wow is crazy we would i thought it's just like right we have five minutes um where do you want to go from here because we can go into one of your other questions if you have anything that pops into your mind i put you kind of in the hot seat there in a pretty intense hot seat so i'm happy to turn it over to you if you want to throw something at me or I can wait yeah I do want to throw something at you because okay. I had I noticed that tying this in are you ready for this you ready how I'm gonna relate this yeah tying this in to being aware and like awareness and all that and being in the present I was introducing two friends of mine that had never met before here to they're in Spain um and I immediately was like this is so and so this is so and so so and so works for blah 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 and like, I don't know, maybe there's some sort of, you know, one of my favorite things to do is to introduce people and like be like, be friends or like work together, like, oh, have a you know, communication. I love that. It's one of my favorite things, <laughs> linking people together. Um, and mm -hmm. so, but I immediately, connected. immediately, immediately, immediately thought like, this is, this person works here. And it's so funny because, and I think I read an article a couple of weeks ago about because when you introduce yourself or someone like in, in, in America and I'm maybe in just in my social circle, I don't want to generalize, but it's really common to introduce 
what you do, like, or we ask, what do you do? What do you do? It's like, what do you mean? What do I hear? They are like, what do you mean when I do? Like they get the question, but they're kind of like, oh, like we're talking about work, right? Like it's an immediate question that we ask like, oh, like, and what do you do? Like once we, we, we start to get to know each other. And when I introduced these people, I was like, I immediately went to their, their job and I said, oh, well, there's so much more about us than our job, but I think that we introduce ourselves or ask or we're curious about the job because we spend so much time, you know, in our waking life with mm. our work. So my question was, like, you know, why culturally speaking, I guess, because I don't think it's just limited to here in Spain that it's not, you know, they, they think it's just a, you know, it's weird, you know, what, what, like, why are you asking about my work? I'm happy to talk about it, but I'm so much more than my, my work. So I don't know, mm-hmm. have, have you ever come across that? Like, or when you, when you think back to introducing people or yourself, at what point in the conversation do you bring up what you do? Yeah, um, I bring it up less and less and try to avoid it more and more. Um, at least as a starting topic. Because I do think, well, it's different with twine, I think, partially because it's so I was gonna to say, as of when have you, right? have you been aware um, of trying to do that? I think, it, I think, I think it's, uh, okay, so I think it started with the awareness of the question, like, hey, how are you? That was the first one. And, I, and then realizing, hey, how are you, isn't very great, it's not a good opening question for actually asking people how they are because people are conditioned to reply with like, I'm good, you know? Sure. So it's um, like the beginning of our so, conversation today. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's sure. like, yeah, hey, how are you? Where does that go? So, uh, so a substitution, so I think of substitution questions. So instead of like, hey, what do you do? So, hey, how are you? So my substitution question for, hey, how are you? Which I just tried on a friend of mine like today is, um, I want like a watercolor painting of your week across mind, body, and soul. And I would love to know like how you are across all those quadrants. And that turned into a whole different, how are you? Like mind blowing snapshot of how my friend was and how I was. So now when I'm thinking about your question, like, what do you do? I'm thinking of how to transform that question into one that can be um, much more interesting. And so even when you're introducing two friends, like, I think the reason why we have these, I, like, I think of them as lazy questions is they are like, they're just lazy questions. They're lazy, yeah. easy questions that, sure. you know, require no effort. And then also they're sort of like uh, culturally driven questions. Like, you know, American Protestant work ethic. ethic. Of course, it's like, what do you do is the most important thing. Not like necessarily what your passions are or what you're, what you're like, what you're motivated by or what you care about right now or what your anxieties are. Like, it's definitely just what do you do because it's work related. Um, I would I think a fun way to ask that question could be like, hey, I'm introducing friend A to friend B. You two are here. Instead of explaining you guys as what you do, I'm just going to introduce you based off of what I love most about you from a values perspective. Like, I think you're like my friend A is instead of being like works at this company and XYZ, maybe you can try something like, I love my friend A because they are super thoughtful and kind and humble. Like, super humble and here's a story why and then there's another story why I actually like using stories for introductions too just to break the ice because it's it's interesting and it gives like a little snapshot of someone's paints a picture yeah um, sure. 
right? But yeah, so part of, I think, introducing is you can introduce people in different ways that are unconventional. And also, like, just, you can just be like, hey, uh, I'm going to set a rule for the third, first 30 minutes that you have a conversation, you're not allowed to talk about what you do. I sometimes will do this with friends and introductions, just for fun. Um, you can create rules around these introductions and just be like, so for your first call, you're not allowed to talk about what you do at all. <laughs> for your first call, you're, I'm not even going to tell you what each other's last names are. You just get first names. It's an anonymous conversation. And eventually you can get to a point where, but I think there's just like games to be played in conversations. And when you change, it's funny how like, it's just a permission thing. Like we talk about this all the time. It's fine. It's like people just need permission to engage with a deeper version of themselves. And when you're, when you're the person who's introducing people, you give permission. So you get like the, the way you introduce gives permission as to how deep they can go or what games they can play around rules with, you know? Do you think people are afraid to go that deep? And is that why, or um, just lazy or a combination of both? I probably a combination, probably mm -hmm. a combination, depending on the person. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also it's, it's like a bit of a risk because um, the norm is to not do that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So you would be going against the norm. And so would you, you, you worry, like, am I going to make this person uncomfortable? Like, you know, we've sort of had all the wonder and curiosity beaten out of us through the school system and through our social system where, it's, mm -hmm. you know, the, yeah. like the number of friends I've talked to that have been like, look, I, I used to love asking amazing questions. And then one time, like I was a teenager and I asked these questions and these like other teenagers made fun of me and I stopped asking questions because it wasn't cool anymore. I'm just like, ah, how many of those things stick in our head? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Did. Yeah. Right. That's like, wild. Okay, and that was a little bit of an abrupt stop, but after this, Monica and I kind of go off on a tangent together, so I will save you that time. Um, until our next episode, thanks for joining us. Monica, thank you so much for joining us. Such a pleasure.